Good evening, good evening, and welcome to The Position. Good evening, good evening again, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show, posts live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans from the perspective of fans, presented to you by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our positions and opinions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and I'm joined by my usual partners in crime. How you feeling this evening, Ed? Feel good. Ready to talk some sports. Let's go. We got the professor in the building. How you feeling this evening, professor? Let's go. We got the professor in the building. How you feeling this evening, professor? Is this thing on? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Can you hear okay, us? Okay, excellent. I'm glad to be here. Good to see everybody. Let's have a great show. Praise the Lord. Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Can you hear okay, us? excellent. All right. And we are joined this evening back in the building, and it's been a long time coming, but we got the beautiful ladies of ladies' point of view. We got Mika and Yo in the building. Yo will be joining us shortly. But what's going on, Mika? How you been? Thank you for having us back. I'm good and glad to be here with y'all so we can talk some sports. Absolutely. And I think this week is a good week to have have you ladies in because there's going to be a couple of topics that we need to get a little different point of view of, not just a male point of view. So, J3, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. J3 joined us, jumping in the building. What's going on, J3? How you feeling this evening, partner? What's going on, fam? Good to hear y'all. Good to see y'all. Welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, this evening, we're going to talk NCAA, men's and women's tournament. Got to talk the tournament. Uh, The brackets are busting all over the place, so we're going to hit those hard. Talk a little bit of NFL offseason news and some free agency. And we got to talk to Sean. Do a little NBA updates, mainly the major injuries that are happening in the NBA. Of course, Professor Jay's post takes some other topics that caught our attention in our final post of the evening. So as always, we appreciate you all tuning in. We'd like you to sit back, relax, enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. So let's start talking about the NCAA tournament before we can even get into the games We got to talk about the biggest news, and it actually happened in the women's tournament. We've kind of always known that women's sports have been uh, the stepchild of the bunch, um, didn't get enough recognition, didn't get the support of the NCAA. But then bringing both groups to bubbles really highlighted 
the drastic differences between what the NCAA thinks of the men's sports and what they think of the women's sports. And this is during a pandemic. So I know everybody's probably seen it out there who's listening, and I know that my fellow co-hosts have seen it, but what did y'all think about, first and foremost, the photos that came out, thank God for social media, about the dra- drastic difference. It wasn't even, You can't even call it a difference. The men's workout facilities at Indianapolis and the yoga mats and dumbbells that they gave women to work out for down in San Antonio. Then to come find out the swag bags were different, the food that they're getting are different, the accommodations are different. Of course, the NCAA is blaming this on everybody but themselves. So, I mean, yep, jump in. Let me know what your thoughts are because uh, I don't want to go on and on because I can talk about this for a half hour myself. Point well, blank sexist. Period. Need I say more? No, sir. I mean, Short and sweet. It's wrong. It's dead wrong. And I'm glad that you brought up the fact that you know when they had the bubble when we went to the when they went to the bubbles, you know how different they were. And now we're seeing this. And yeah, thank God for social media because I'm hoping that. This is going to push for some change because it needs to be changed. Like, it's wrong. You can't treat the women that way and give the men, like, all the elite things in the world. It's wrong. Well, I've always been a lifelong fan of soap operas. I love soap operas. When I was little, I loved them. I still, when when I have a chance to watch them now, I still love them. And that that extends into the nighttime soap opera. So Dynasty back in the day, Dallas back in the day, all those nighttime Falcon Crest, all those soap operas, I was full. Uh, I fully supported uh, up to including uh, Scandal by with starring Miss Kerry Washington. But one thing I learned about these these uh, in, during soap operas, uh, particularly the nighttime ones, is that and, and particularly Scandal with Miss Kerry Washington is that. Sometimes it's best to say nothing. Even if these pictures start coming out, sometimes it's just to conduct all your business behind closed doors because you can't win, particularly when you're in the wrong. And when the when the pictures first emerged of the workout facility, let's not even call it the, the dumbbell rack right. that, that they had down in San Antonio for the women hoopers, the, the president of the, the, the women's uh, NCAA came out and said, well, we're limited with space. Well, <laughs> one of the players, one of the players uh, participating did a video, social media, and said, well, this room back here is right next to our so-called weight room, and voila, plenty of room. But then the NCAA president, I can't, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but then she was like, well, as teams leave and more space is created, we're going to settle this issue once and for all, and, and the women are going to have what they need to have in order to work out so that was the that was part b that was part a so then it comes out with the matter of the swag bags so like i said sometimes it's just best that to say nothing hopefully it'll blow over and even if it doesn't blow over you don't stick your foot in your mouth and you move on 
it's it's a travesty that the women constantly have to deal with this stuff, particularly in 2021. We should be beyond that right now, and we're not. So, well, it's about the optics, and whoever is in charge, the NCAA. I mean, we know their names, but my point is, is that what what did you think was going to happen? Did you think people were just going to shut up and dribble and ignore the disparities between? the men and women accommodations and that nobody was going to say anything. And for real, if you look at the games that are being played, the women's game is just as good as the men's game. So why would you allow something like this to tarnish a tournament that brings in so much revenue? And we'll always say it's about the money, but you can evenly distribute, you know, amongst the men and women teams, the same prizes, the same games, the same books, the same toiletries. I mean, you all saw the picture and, and y'all that didn't see it, just Google it on social media. You'll see the difference between when they laid out the swag bag for the women and when they laid the swag bag out for the men. The men's joint covered the whole bed. And I mean, they had a whole plethora of stuff. And in today's society, I mean, did folks just wake up yesterday they don't understand the Me Too movement. They don't understand that a lot of us have daughters of our own and gonna say something about these disparities that are happening. I mean, come on. We gotta make sure that there's an even playing field. It shouldn't be about how much money this team is bringing in versus that one. It should be about the equality of the sport and the way that you want to market your own schools and your own teams. So that's an epic fail on behalf of the NCAA. And I'm thankful that people like Don Staley spoke up about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree crazy with you, is, Jay, about that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, yo. Oh, no, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I have to agree with Professor Jay about that. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that in this day and time, the way things are going, and especially since you're bringing both tournaments back this season because you didn't have them last season, you would think there would be more effort into making sure that both, regardless of, you know, where they are, you know, that there would be enough sponsorship to have everybody on an equal playing field. It doesn't make any sense to me that you go to a facility that's, I mean, some of their, I mean, even some with the girls, their home facilities look better than that. You know, I know people with home gyms who, who's, you know, look better than what they were given. So I don't understand how you can put them in, up in San Antonio and think that they're not going to. I, I mean, I mean, my whole thing was, I mean, you didn't put them in a facility that already had a gym or a workout area. You just kind of, I mean, there's hotels with better facilities than that. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have to, like I said, I have to agree with everyone. I mean, Don Staley, he, she's one, she's one of my favorites. Um, of all time, um, women players. I mean, and for her to, you know, say what she said, and she never holds her tongue anyway. You know, I think that the NCAA really needs to look at, especially on those type of levels. I know the women's, you know, game doesn't bring a lot of revenue um, in general. You know, even at the WNBA level, you know, we talk about it all the time. They don't, they don't generate a lot. I get it. But like I said, coming back off of a season where both, men's and women's didn't play at all. I think that they could have just did better. I think they could have did better. Well, 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 let's go on to the money thing because yeah, yeah, let's get let, into let's that. Dig into <laughs> that. First of all, the men's game has had five decades more of advertising, um, action behind it and pushing than the women's 
So you can't expect somebody that's got 50 plus years more experience of doing something to have the same type of revenue stream that the women's league is. Secondly, they don't even tell anybody how much money they're making off the women's tournament. I'm watching the women's tournament right now as we're doing this show. South Carolina's playing Oregon State. ESPN is broadcasting every game of the women's tournament. You can't tell me ESPN isn't playing NCAA a good chunk of money to do this. They're not doing it for free. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they're not even giving them the same COVID test that they're giving the dude, the guys. The guys are being tested every day, and they're getting the best COVID test. The ladies are getting tested every other day, and again, the substandard test. They won't even allow them to use the term March Madness for the tournament. This is ridiculous. Wow. What's ridiculous, wow. the, the hypocrisy in it all is the NCAA. That's They're, they're the whole problem. And the, and and. When we talk about revenue as far as men's men bringing in revenue and women's sports bringing in revenue, what difference does it make? It's it's when when a when they write that check to either South Carolina or Georgetown or whoever whatever to college team, they're writing a check to the college to, to the program. So then the colleges also have a responsibility in this to be like, okay, where is our women? Where is our student athletes going to be housed? And what's the the disparity? The disparities should not exist. So they have a responsibility just as much as the NCAA has a responsibility to, to, to have an even playing field. It doesn't make a difference if one team, one, one organization is making more money than the next organization because it's, it's one big pot. It's one NCAA. So, and it's up to them to disperse the funds to the leagues and to, well, usually to just directly to the leagues and then the leagues disperse the money from there. So, I don't want to hear about, okay, well, they're not making as much money as, say, the men's t- is making because it's all coming from one one source, the NCAA. The NCAA. So, yeah, that, that doesn't fly which with it, me. Which is a non-profit, so they should be making money anyway, but yet they make millions of dollars a year. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. so let's t- actually talk about some of the games. The women's tournament historically – has been dominated by the upper seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, before uh, this year, before they- the first two rounds would be hosted by the one through four seeds at their home gym. That's one of the reasons they've been able to get with this for, for a while. So the lower seeds had to fly wherever they were seated and go to somebody else's home gym and play them. We actually got some upsets this year in round one. We had um, number 12, Belmont, knocked off Gonzaga, 64-59, so that dreaded 12-5 matchup. Uh, The one that hurt me the most was seeing number 11, BYU, knock out uh, Coach uh, Stringer and Rutgers, 69-66. We also had um, Wright State, number 13 seed, knock off number four, Arkansas, 66-62. And then... Troy should have beat number two seed Texas A&M. They actually got robbed during that game. There was a, a over and back that wasn't called, plus a, a charge foul that wasn't called. I actually watched that game. It, so women's basketball, college basketball is growing. We're no longer in that Tennessee, UConn, every now and then Stanford, every now and then Notre Dame, every now and then North Carolina. You got you – got, Ladies balling all over the country now. It's a pleasure to watch. 
Did anybody get a chance to check out any games over the last couple of days? But before we get into that, I, I will say this about this particular year and, and the bubble effect. It's just like when we watched the bubble in the NBA uh, last fall. I think that without fans, I think that kind of evens the field. There's a few there's a few factors, I think, that that evens the field as far as uh, the tournaments as we as we're seeing them play out. Uh, the lack of fans and travel, that's a big thing, particularly for a smaller school that's not used to really playing in front of those crowds or it, making those type of trips. Um, I mean, not only are they dealing with competition on the court, but they have so many travel things, travel plans and what have you that's going in there that they're just not used to. So I think that I think that's a big thing where everything is centralized. And I think, again, with the COVID situation and the disruptions that a lot of these teams have faced throughout the year, um, I think that the more mature teams, the more upper class teams, um, even if it's a, like a nice blend, I think they're going to fare well because of because they're able to handle, in most cases, adversity a little better than, say, say, a, say like a UConn team. But UConn's just uber talented. So I guess they're the outlier in that. But I, you, you get what I'm saying, though. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. To be honest, I, I watched it. I watched the blowout because I was I was particularly interested in the Mount St. Mary's and um, it's because they're a Maryland team at versus the superpower Maryland Terrapin women's team. Um, it was a blowout, but I did watch it. I've been trying <laughs> to tell y'all Mar <laughs> the Maryland Lady Terps are tough. Been Who's tough it? for years. Yeah, Brenda. Yeah, Brenda Freeze has those ladies playing very well for years now. Very well. I didn't realize Maryland had one senior on that team. Yeah. Yeah. One senior. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. And she's a transfer. Yeah. So they're gonna have that team for, for a couple couple years to come now. A couple years to come. So they'll they'll be they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Yeah. The women the women started, um, yeah, they started. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really I kind of just kept up on scores. I really didn't watch. Um, but I always know that the women's, you know, teams are always to me, they're they're more fun to watch um, the first couple of rounds anyway. But again, it, 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 plus I wanted to see just how, how different it was, you know, kind of like the NBA bubble. I wanted to see how it was going to work with the bubble because like you said, they usually do go to, you know, the, the higher seats. So they usually have more of the advantage um, when it comes to the first couple of rounds, you know, before they move to a, a central location. So I, I did kind of want to see it um, just kind of didn't have a chance. You know, the, the guys' games have been a little bit more dominant, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, i just been kind of watching scores. So I, I'm hoping to catch a couple more of them before they get to, you know, you know Sweet 60 or Elite 8 anyway. I hope to catch a couple of those. So Someone brought up an uh, uh, idea that this – they should con really consider, A, to help the women's game out and to grow it doing the centralized tournament going forward. You bring all the teams, once we get through this COVID thing, into a location, how many fans can you attract to that location through the multiple venues? You can go from venue to venue, watch games, get to see different uh, college sports, have them on ESPN so they get more recognition and I think you're going to, you get a better product and that will also have more ladies who are playing high school and AAU basketball realize that, Hey, if I can't get to the, get a scholarship to go to the Yukons or the 
South Carolinas, the Tennessees of the world. I can still go to some, there's some very good programs out there that I may not have known about that is balling and I can still get on TV and possibly if I want to play international and make the WNBA, there's different routes to it. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Professor Jay. I think there needs to be more of a crossover effect uh, to your point, Big Bridge, because what does the NBA do when their season is winding down? They start advertising for the WNBA. They start putting eyeballs on the upcoming season. They start promoting it. I think colleges and Mr. Emmert, the uh, president of the NCAA, if he would start showcasing uh, the women's sports, in that manner, then I think that you'll get a lot of eyeballs that say, hey, I didn't didn't know they were on ESPN right now. I didn't know they were on ESPN2 or Fox Sports. And now I can tune into the Big Ten channel or something like that and see my favorite teams play. Because as a sports fan, if I'm going to watch the Maryland Terps men, I'm going to watch the Maryland Terps women. But the thing is, you got to look through the listings and all of that to figure out when they're playing, what channel they're playing on, if it's actually being televised or if it's on the radio. I think it goes a long way if the men's sports that have been juggernauts for a long time start having that crossover appeal. And that's where these egos got to be thrown out the door. And one last point. I read today that Emmert is putting these protests on the back burner to actually address them until after March Madness. What does that tell you about the power of the dollar right here? He doesn't want to deal with the issues right now. He want to wait till all this revenue comes in. Then he wants to talk about the disparities between the men and women's sports. Well, well, here's all the money. Here's another thing that we have to to be on. The reality is. The reality is, is that we need usually the people that affect the most change come from within that certain population. So what I'm saying. So if a, say black athletes, if black athletes, if they want better, um, you know, more scholarships or more opportunities or, or whatever, then usually it starts with the black athlete and then they gain. Usually they might gain some support from outside their with their own community. So with women with women's sports, I think that we we need more women involved in involved in seeing it succeed in order to to make to help it grow because for better or worse um the support scene if, if they're if they're asking men and, and, and their biases that men have within them as far as sports are concerned and women's sports in particular. And again, the people here, we have daughters. So we, we, it, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to us. However, outside of that, you know, there are men that just will not watch a woman's sport and then they're not going to support the women's sport and they're not going to put their dollars towards a woman's sport. That's a problem. So what do we need to do? Let's have more. I think we have, to, to help more women appreciate and help grow um, and, and advocate for their sports so that men could come on board because it's all about advertising. It's all about um, rev. It, it all comes down to money. So however that money is generated and usually it's through TV contracts, um, somewhat, somewhat the gates, but normally it's through television and, and radio. And so that's, that's how we need to, um, to, to try to get people on board because I think once you once you give it a shot once once people like 
for me, women's tennis. I prefer women. There's I prefer women's tennis to the men's game because I think it's more graceful. And I appreciate I just appreciate the, 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 the sport more when I watch the women perform it with tennis. But I had to but I had to sit down and, and actually watch it to appreciate it. So I, I just think that I just think that um, I think if we have more women like we have tonight, you know, that actually like sports and, and actually advocate and support them. I think I think it would help a lot when it comes to um, to, to women's sports in general. Two, two pieces with that. And then I let the ladies have the last word on this segment. Um, one. It, it always hurts me when we're asking the people who are being discriminated against and put down to be the ones to fix it. Two, it takes energy and effort. The same energy and effort they put in to build the men's game in, they need to put in to build the women's game. If you're not putting the energy and effort behind it, the NCAA is going to make almost a billion dollars for this tournament this weekend. You can't tell me they can be the same networks or other networks and say part of our package is you're going to put the ladies on 25 percent of the time yeah the big rage you Come need on. people you need people so behind it, it's, a one, it's a one two it's a one two right i just think you need people you need i mean you need people saying hey enough is enough look this this needs to happen i it's just my opinion I agree. I agree. I, I mean, Do you ladies I, have I anything to? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, like you said, it, it is going to take somebody behind closed doors to say enough is enough. Like we need to get this out there, and I feel like the women are advocating for mm -hmm. you know more attention and for more revenue okay, and stuff. I but I just feel like they're not being heard. It's going to take. It's going to take a man. Or, you know, men are backing with a name or, you know, so to speak, in order for that to get out there. Like, and I think I've, I said this on our show before, you know, with the WNBA, for instance, like Kobe was there with his daughter. Yes. yes. He was sitting on the side with his daughter, you know what I'm saying? Like wearing the apparel and everything. And, and, and there we go. You know, it was generating, generating some looks. Kobe and the daughter are not here anymore. So. You know, are there other men who want to kind of step up and yeah. advocate, you know, more for, for women's sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I, agree. I agree too. I, I mean, you, you see, you see a lot of the NBA players that do go to the WNBA games um, to show support, especially if there's, you know, a team in the area. You know, like of course, like the Wizards will do for the um, for the Mystics. So um, when you when you you, know, you see things like that. It's a good crossover, but at the same time, you know, the WNBA generates a little bit more revenue than, you know, women's college sports. So are you going to get, I don't know, are you going to get like, you know, Duke players, guy players to go to the women's games when they're almost playing simultaneously and, you know, everybody's traveling? It's, it's hard. I think um, just like, you know, Edward J said, you know, you have to get more women behind what's going on but these women also have to have the finances to do that as well because it's it's going to take money to push it you can't you know people liking it is one thing but to actually kind of get it over the edge and that's i think that's the advantage that the, the nba has with the wnba 
is that that they have the money and backing. If the players are doing it, you know, players are, those players are making millions of dollars. So I mean, you know, it's a big show. Um, on the college level, these kids aren't making any money. You know what I'm saying? So even if, if I am, you know, if I'm a Kentucky player, I go and I and I root for my Kentucky girls team. You know, what am I really, what am I really pushing? Because I'm, I can't, you know, my name doesn't generate enough. You know, my name alone, knowing that I have, you know, a, a little bit more money in my pocket. You know, you know, people start to look at me and say, "Hey, look, that guy," or you know, is is, is supporting, you know, these these women. So I think a lot. Women don't make that much in this sport, but I think that the women, you know, I like Tamika said, I think that the women who do, they really, they try to push it. They advocate for it um, as much as possible. You know, I mean, you see Venus and Serena on the tennis end, you know, they're pushing, they're making, uh, putting up tennis centers. They're, you know, doing things for the community as well as, you know, trying to introduce, you know, more young black females to the sport. So it, 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 I think, it, you know, you kind of, you have to kind of find that balance and I don't, it's hard when you see that women's sports don't make a lot. So you're kind of like, eh, why am I going to put, you know, why am I going to help this out when they, they don't really make a lot, but don't understand that if you do push it, they will start to make a lot. So you kind of have to find that balance and see, you know, where it kind of clicks for them to make it, you know, to make women's sports bigger. You brought up to actually play basketball would rather go overseas so they can make more money to play the sport that they yeah. love right here in the United States. You know, it, it, it's a shame. And, and it's not like that there's not a market out here for it. It's just like you yeah. stated earlier. It's just not people putting money into it. Yeah. You, you made a great point about people that have some money and power actually backing some of the ladies. Um, Renee Montgomery, who's one of the new co-owners of the Atlanta Dream, mm. she just retired from playing last year. She saw a tweet that LeBron had put out about, hey, let's buy the Atlanta Dream because they were trying to get the old owner out. Renee had already been working behind the scenes trying to get people together and be in groups to, to try to buy the team and was unsuccessful. She reached out to LeBron. LeBron put her in contact with the NBA head offices. They were the ones that introduced her to her new ownership group. She didn't know these, the husband and wife who purchased the team. So it's making those connections, have people in power to put you there that can make all the difference in the world and having females in the room will make a difference. We, we, this is a great point. We could spend a whole show just talking about this, yeah, but no. let's let's move on. We got to talk about the NCAA and the see. There I go. I'm doing it. The NCAA, all of it's NCAA. Got to talk about the men's mm-hmm. tournament. The <laughs> madness started right away. In the first round, there was a every seed won in the first round except for the 16 seed. It was crazy. So, what was your biggest upset? Of the weekend. On paper? On paper? <laughs> Just what you feeling. Just what you feeling. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I didn't think that was a big upset. I thought I, I actually thought yeah. they was gonna win that game. Um I mean obviously Oral Roberts, I mean knocking off a number two. 
And then yeah, uh, eventually oh, get into, uh, yeah, get into the six sweet sixteen as a fifteen seed. Um I think that might have been the I think that might have been the one that stood out the most. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta put some respect on Mr. O'Banner's name because he is balling. Uh, don't forget about yeah. Max Amos, his partner. I ain't forget about him. I ain't forget about him. And and I think Texas is gonna fire Shocker. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. That was sad. Yeah, I think that was I think, awful. I think they about about the end of their rope with Shocker because he mm-hmm. he hasn't he hasn't necessarily. And I look, I, I'm not I don't want to criticize a a young black coach, but I, I just think the return that Texas. Did you know put into him? I, I I just don't I don't I don't know if they're going to be satisfied with um um getting losing to Abilene poor little Abilene Christian. You know that's I mean their budget at Texas is second to none. So <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the state. That are the, considered the, the little brothers in the state, or in the case of Abilene Christian, the the they're not even the, the brothers; they the little cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins. Down, they get a chance to play you in a one and done situation. You better be on point because it's same thing happened with Illinois, losing to Loyola Chicago. Now the first round, everybody thought Loyola win. Loyola beating Illinois, but then again, that's again, a lot of those guys didn't get recruited by Illinois, so they get a chance to put their stamp on it and make them look bad. So, Sister Jane be praying, boy. He be hearing the prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Would you show me your hand if I saw Sister Jane in the building? (laughs) When she in the building, you better know you up against (laughs) her. Don't bet against Sister Jean. That's right. That's why I say that's my biggest upsets right there. Sister Jean got them Loyola boys playing. Yeah, but I mean the, the games have been like kind of like really close too. I mean they just some of them have gone down to the wire, the OT. I mean it's just, it, and this is just the first weekend, you know. So there there have been some it's been some good ball being played. Trust. I mean I didn't. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, uh, that Ohio State, yeah. I mean, them going down. I mean, that whole side of the bracket for me was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> they, I mean, because I had them in like my final four at the very least. But yeah, that that's not happening so much now. Yeah, and I must have uh, been the rock because I didn't know I Buddy Bayheim was that good. That boy can play. Syracuse kind of shot. Yeah, but doesn't Syracuse yeah, Buddy do the well, they didn't have they didn't have Buddy. They didn't have bu- uh, Buddy buckets. So now they got Buddy buckets. <laughs> but but, but, but Syracuse, they do this every year. They come in as a low seed. Bayham, when you look up there in the Sweet Sixteen, every year. Yeah, I know. This is true. This is yeah. true. I, I, I was surprised about a couple things that stuck out. Stuck, stuck, stuck out. I'm sorry, stood out. <laughs> is the big is the Big Ten? I guess that would be uh, Illinois, Iowa. Um, that's Michigan squad, State, squads, Michigan State, and I. I was wondering if the Big Ten and the SEC, outside of SEC, Alabama and Arkansas, and I guess Michigan. Um, uh, well, Illinois is gone. 
I, I was wondering if, the, if if these conferences have been a little bit overrated, the, the traditional big boys, um, because it seems like you, you look up, they're gone. Ohio State, number two seed, gone. Tennessee, I think they're number five or four seed, gone. Um, Iowa, I think they were number three. What, what was Iowa? Two or three seed? Two. Gone. So, yeah. I mean, the Big Ten had nine teams, the most out of any conference, and they got one left, Michigan. Yeah, right. no. I mean, could it could it also be the same thing that we were, you know, speaking about with the women? You know, them being in the bubble. You know, usually you kind of play in your region. Yeah. You know, not having the fans. I mean, it could it could you know made a big difference in in a lot of those um, higher seeds. Um, not you know not coming out. That's a good point because it's uh, like you gotta be in the ball wherever you play at. I don't agree uh, with that. It's like they playing AAU again for a lot of these players. It's like they playing AAU again. They go into these arenas. Yeah. You got about two hundred people in the arena, yeah, so yeah. you ain't got no issues. It's just me and you. We gonna ball. We can see who can play and who can. Mm-hmm. The other thing is a lot of the blue bloods uh, dabbling that one and done. And a lot of these teams are gelling three, four years together on the court. And it just it just bodes better yeah. when you know the man that you're playing with or the yeah. woman that you're playing with. So those teams are veteran laden so they can last longer against adversity. So like you say, without the fans, COVID protocol, all this stuff, they like, look, we come in the ball, we come to play. I don't care if it's one person up in there cheering. We got five guys against your two all-stars and we're going to take it to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. What, what? When you step I, on I that court, you got to be ready to play. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do a little homerism. Um, I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to see Alabama and Maryland play yesterday. Yeah, big rage. <laughs> <Ooh. Go ahead. laughs> Nothing to say. Some, I, somebody tried to tell y'all that Bama was for real. You but. did. They was raining. Definitely. It was crazy. Just raining. That was. I didn't. Mm. Yeah. Well, the Maryland women will get some Good revenge long. against the Alabama women. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. Man. Yeah, but I it think like I was watching the Georgetown no, game. All down yet because they asked oh, so But but I look. I love I, I love Alabama. I root for them, but. UCLA gonna be a problem because UCLA, yeah. they're eleven. They're, I think they're an eleven seed. But yeah. even though they're an eleven seed, if you look at that roster, they got some big. I mean, it's a big they team. Do. It's not. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So they I think do. they might. I mean, Alabama. I think they lead the nation in three point three pointers made. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. you know, they ain't have to show that. out like that against the turfs, though. <laughs> <laughs> what? This might be our one chance. What you mean? You gotta come and, and play and then ball. Of course, play Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Gonzaga still looks like the best team in the country. Yeah, they on it. Yeah. They they won twenty five straight games Thomas by double Hill. digits. Right. Yeah. They are monster inside. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So enjoy the both the lady the ladies second round is actually going on now. They play today yeah, and tomorrow, yeah. and then. Yeah. And then Saturday and Sunday starts the Sweet 16 for both the men and women. So get get your college basketball fix in. We got to change gears and 
I, I, I didn't know how to broach this subject and it's just getting worse every day. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just leaving it open. What do y'all think about, about this Deshaun Watson stuff that's going on? As of the show tonight, he's got 16 civil cases that have been filed. And one of our listeners um, sent in a, a post earlier saying that the police department have issued a warrant for his arrest. Mm. Well, mm. I, I will say this. and I'll, I'll sit back. But anytime you hire Rusty Harden, it, it, it's not good. He, he, he had an attorney and then he switched to Rusty. And Rusty is the celebrity guy that gets you, you know, the celebrity attorney. That, that's where you go when you're in trouble. So mm. I, I, I'll, I'll sit back I'll and listen. Back. Yeah. Mm. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. And in the beginning of all of this, I know he came out with a statement to want to clear his name and everything. And but now that many women that came out, mm, it's a problem. It's a problem. He's he got all this contract stuff going on and want to get out of Houston. Is that why he wanted to get out? <laughs> well, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm gonna get on a soapbox for a minute. Back when, you know, um, uh, there was all this talk in the NFL about they need to put these guys coming out of college in like some classes, some boot camps, teach them how to manage their money, teach them etiquette, how to stay out of trouble and stuff like that. And Chris Carter and Warren Sapp and all them made light of it, talking about you just need to have your fall guy and stuff like that. This is the type of stuff that I'm talking about. And we spoke about this before as men on this show where these young men are coming from uh, childhoods, uh, young adulthood, some some communities where people didn't feed into him. They only pushed their athleticism, their, their malehood, all that kind of stuff. So they the man going through all these things. Now, when you have to stand on your own two feet, you don't know how to act. You don't know how to manage your money. You out here doing all kinds of things. And then all of a sudden it's either a Ray Lewis situation or you got uh, sexual assault allegations. You got domestic violence. You got all this stuff going on. And these young men don't have anybody. And these teens are making these investments. You would think that they will want to keep that investment out of jail and on the field, whether you're going through contract negotiations or not. If this, If these things come out to be true, then I think that the failure of the NFL needs to be put on display as well because you allow the Darius Geises, you allow cats like that where you know they had issues in the past, but yet you don't pull them under your wing to look after them. We're not talking about in a way where you got to be Jerry Jones and you got people watching Dez Bryant's every move and stuff like that, but maybe it would take that if you're paying a guy millions of dollars to represent your team and now all of these allegations are coming out. I mean, I mentioned it. This sounds like Bill Cosby all over again. We chuckled, but it's really going in that direction. And this young man could really be throwing away his entire life. He's not 80 years old sitting in a jail. He's oh, at 25, 26 years old. And if these things, allegations are true, 
Somebody should have prevented him from going down this path. And that's the type of stuff that makes me upset because I know that if he were another skin color and these things were going on, there'd be a plethora of people trying to make sure that he kept his head on straight and kept his butt on the field instead of the stuff that he's alleged to be doing. And I'm sick of the NFL taking advantage of our players like that and not making sure that they they stay on the right and narrow because they don't have the role models that they need growing up to stay out of trouble. Now, I'm not absolving him from anything that he might have done if it's a crime. He deserves his punishment. All I'm saying is we need more people to step up and step in and make sure these boys don't get in trouble. Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Look how they swept that under the rug. Here's my issue, though. And, and I don't know if Deshaun is guilty or innocent. That, you know, what you do at the dark will come out in the light. All that will be resolved. And, and, and But I will say that usually when they do these background checks and they start going through the draft process, usually things of, of, of concerns or flags will pop up. And, and nothing – and I and I know a super fan. I know a Clemson super fan. And nothing about his character would suggest that this would be this this would be the result. But again, we never know how money will affect people if if these allegations are true or not. Um, and again, I can't speak on that. It's just that I, I would be nothing surprises me in 2021 as far as how you know what comes out and, and what people do and how, you know, what, what they do in their private lives. But um, I, I would be extremely disappointed if, if any of these come, um, these uh, allegations are true. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to just leave it alone. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. Well, okay. If this is, this is it. Situations like this for me are always hard, whether it's a, it doesn't have to be celebrity. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be athlete. Um, it, it could be regular next door guy. Um, because you know, you know, me and to me, we we're talking before too. I don't, you know, because at that point it was only like two or three, you know, at that point. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, the guy wants to get out of Houston. I've never just, just like Edward J said, I never heard of anything like this with this man. There, I mean, usually you have like you know, like Darius guys had problems at LSU. You know, I mean, you, you hear the people have track records, and it didn't appear that he had any type of track record that would lead him up to this point, especially now with some 16 allegate, you know, 16 uh charges against him. So, you know, I'm like, okay, but he wants to get out of Houston. So, of course, you know, my hypothetical, my theory is okay, so the lawyer that that the 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 um the, the Houston has, uh, has uh, that they live next door to, to the owner and I mean it's just it, it's like it's just too many coincidences he wants to get out um then you know he put the organization on blast uh didn't help that JJ Watt was like I want out to Deshaun you know what they did you wrong you're you know the organization is wrong for that so then it's like they put a more out you know put the organization more out there and, and believe it or not, teams are still interested in Deshaun Watson. This, you know, I think they're probably going to see how this plays out. But I mean, there's there's no shortage of teams that that want him. But I looked, I looked to the females, and it, like, and it's hard for me because I don't win. I don't have a whole lot of female friends because of stuff like this that I say. But if there is something wrong, 
I'm really going to need females in this day and age to open your mouth and say, hey, this happened now. Because my thing is, when you wait years, you've lived your life past it. So you've gotten over it some kind of way. This man was given a contract before, you know, he, he signed a big, the big contract. Nobody came out then and said, hey, something was wrong. So it can't be a money thing. That's why I, I, I theorize that it has to be the team trying to get back at him for wanting to go. And they don't really want to let him go. And I mean, I know it could be all mm-hmm. off and these, these women could be possibly telling the truth. I don't, you know, I don't really know. Like you said, we'll, we'll find out. But it, it's hard for me as a female to, I mean, I don't have a daughter to raise like that. I have a son. But, you know, I am hope I'm teaching him, hey, look, when she says no, or if it, you know it's wrong, you need to stop. But these women, you need to let them know, you need to speak up. I don't care what you think about your job. I don't care who you need to speak up because if it feels wrong for you, it's wrong for him too. And it's all about how you end up feeling. So you have to look at yourself in the position as well. Don't just put it all on the guy. Like I said, again, it could be that it might be all on him. But you mean to tell me one person came out, then slowly trickled in, and now we're up to 16? So you trying to tell me that there's this serious pattern of stuff? Who's been covering it up all this time then? Who's not been letting it out of the bag? Because you can't tell me that it was just him and the girl at that particular moment, then him and another girl at that particular moment, and nobody knows outside of these women. You can't, you can't tell me that because some girl done ran her mouth to her to a friend. I know, because that's just how women do. So that's why I just it, it's it's such a difficult situation because I, I I understand how the females feel as as well, and I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't say anything at all ever, but just in this day and age, you need to speak up immediately. And I mean, I hope for whatever Deshaun has to go through that it it, it works out for him. Because this, I mean, this is mad. This ruins not even just your career. This ruins your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I hate to see a black man have to go through something mm-hmm. like this as well. You have to live your life with this type of baggage. I mean, hell, Ray Rice can't get back straight. And he's and his wife just stuck by him the whole time. You know, so I just, it's, it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I, I will say one thing, though. As a professional athlete, if you paid attention to anything, he, he was raised on the Clemson campus, so he knew he was a target before he even got to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Was fishy to me, because I had that same kind of feeling at first. But when you've got over 10, now up to 16 different women who are saying you're contacting them for massage services, through Instagram, through all these other different moments, and you're a professional athlete and you know you're a target, why are you hiring all these different massage therapists and having them meet you in hotel rooms, flying them in the cities that you're visiting? Something ain't right there. Okay. (laughs) Something ain't right. I, I'm. I don't want to alienate anybody, but again, Yolanda was was. She was. She she was. She was speaking. She was speaking a lot of truths. I, I was right with her, but 
again, I was right with her. Um, but 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 you got to go back to go back to the controversy that was Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And, he, and and when he emerged from that 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 whole that whole situation surrounding you know what he went through, yeah. and he also served he served his time, he served a penalty for it, um, and 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 what have you. But just like just like Professor Jay was saying, ultimately it's Deshaun who should be who should be yeah. responsible for himself. He 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 he's the person that has everything to lose and absolutely nothing to gain. There's nothing he could gain from it. So to put yourself in the situations, as you alluded to, Big Reg, it, it, it's a bad look and it and it's it's not it's not necessary. It's really not necessary considering his status. It, you know, you know, you, you there's there's if 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 you have a urge or if you have a need that needs to be met, there are professional services that you can go through to avoid all this. But again, we can't we can't we we, we talked about this several times in, on this show. Just because an athlete has money, just because an athlete was raised in a certain environment. And, and to be a professional athlete literally since he was 10 years old doesn't necessarily mean that he's a mature person. Right. If, 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 if this, if this turns sure. out, it, no matter how this turns out, whether it turns out that these are, these are false allegations or whether this turns out that these are true allegations, it does that, that it doesn't make, it, it doesn't make a difference because you can't legislate smarts, just like you can't legislate or or, or, or deconstruct stupidity, it, it, it's, it's just there. And then when you add the fact that you know you're, you're young, like I said, it doesn't make a difference how much money he has or what he stands to lose. That's that's that, the, that's not the point because the, the point is you put yourself in these situations. Now you got to deal. Now with you got to deal with. And that's why I made the point that I did, because when you work with inner city kids, they grow up in a way where things might be common sense to us that we would stay away from. Mm -hmm. These are the things that they grew up that were idolized, that were promoted. So when they operate in that fashion, this is why I'm saying maturity is not an age. You just said it. It's, It's a status or stage in life. And if nobody ever, whether it was on Clemson in the pros, even before that, when he was growing up, never taught him how to respect women, how to do certain things, how how to respect himself. Then, of course, having money is not going to change any of that. He's a product of the Instagram generation. He's yeah. not looking for some private number that somebody passed him to a madam and stuff like that. Uh, young people operate on social media. That's how they get their joints going or whatever. That's how they they party and stuff like that. So the method still leads to the madness that mm-hmm. I feel that people that know better should have gotten in his ear because obviously he's still hanging around the wrong people. Obviously, he's still been influenced by doing some of the wrong things, because whether he's guilty of these things or not. We do know that when this many people come out, there's some transgressions and he should have kept his butt out of these situations. If you go and go see a woman, have a partner, somebody with you that can be a witness to things that actually went down. So that's not just your word against against hers, because in those situations, it is going to be ugly for the male person, because that's the way 
the culture has been for so long. It just reminds me of when I was at Morehouse, you know, half of our basketball team got in trouble because a young lady from Spelman said that she was raped. It all came out to be a lie, but they plastered them all over the news. They got suspended. I mean, all of this was a big thing. Articles were being written. And then it was like, okay, now that it came out that it was false, how do they put their lives back together after that? But they still had transgressions because they shouldn't have had her on campus after midnight. They shouldn't have been drinking in the room. So whether Deshaun is guilty of everything that they say, there's still some smoke here because he allowed himself to yes. be put in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. And if you know you're a target, then you got to do better. But those women are, those women are targeting you know what I'm saying? Like he might have mm-hmm. slid in somebody's DM or they might have slid in his DM to get whatever, but all they see, you know, all the women see are dollar signs, obviously. Yeah. But then I don't understand why they will put themselves in that position either. Because you know, like you said, like y'all have said, just be- just because you have the money does not mean that you have the common sense. That you have, you know, the smarts to be like, you know what, no. And who's going to say no anyway if somebody's going to give it up? Whatever whatever was going on. I don't know what was going on. We weren't there. But I just feel like they, you know, these women, they, they target, they definitely target these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mika, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So, with, with, the, with the Me Too movement that was really, really... Uh, you know, going on strong with, with the last year or so. How do you view, how, how, do you think that, you know, that even seeped in his mind? Like, like why would, you know, what, what Yolanda was talking about, why would, um, what would take these allegations so long to come out if, 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 you know, because I believe that they had been happening for, you know, for, for some time now, up to including most recently March, but um, I mean, what what is your take on what is your take on? Do you think the time has should be considered? Like, what, what's your read on on um on on this whole situation as far as um? I mean, with the with with, with so much with so much attention focused on um, um you know having women doing 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 things against their will. Right. Do I mean? I definitely don't think that he, you know, had the Me Too movement in the back of his head. I mean, in the back of his mind. I don't think that at all. Um, but as far as, I don't know, something something could have happened to where, you know, one of the women came out to whomever, like Yo said, maybe she was talking to one of her girlfriends or something. And, you know, maybe one of the girlfriends put something out there and then, you know, somebody mm-hmm. saw something and then all these people started, well, you know, this happens to me, this happens to me, you know, the same thing. So it, it it could be, you know, it could be some type of effect like that, but he surely wasn't thinking about no Me Too movement. I mean, but I just, again, I just feel like, and I feel like they're not, they're not thinking about that either. They see Deshaun Watson, oh, he plays for the Texans. Oh, he has a lot of money. Let me see what I can get. Let me see how you going to act. That's what I think. Yeah. Just, just I mean, to be the the one on the other end of this, being, being a girl dad, 
I think what happens a lot of times in the Me Too movement point out when you got people in position of power and obviously Deshaun was a lot of these massage therapists said they didn't even know who he was until they got to the appointment. Just saying. But if you think you're the only one that this happens to, chances of you speaking out are going to be small. But once the attorney, the attorney was the one that put it on social media after Deshaun turned him down for a six-figure settlement offer, he put it out on social media about this had happened to two of his clients and was looking to see if this had happened to anybody else. And then all these women came out the woodwork. But see, that bothered me too. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm offering I'm offering you a settlement before. I mean, I mean, you want me to settle with you before all of this stuff comes out? That that bothered me a little bit because usually, you know, that I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't come out until like you know, after you know we go to trial or you we end up going to court and it's like okay, well, you know, I don't want all this coming out, so I'm going to settle with you. You approached him about the settlement. I kind of was. Yeah, a little bothered by that. A little bothered by that. But at the same time, it could have been a thing where Deshaun was thinking, you know what? If I'm just messaging this particular person, you know what I'm saying? And they come to the appointment, then maybe I'm avoiding all the rest of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the good way to do it. As opposed to, you know, getting the most popular masseuse or asking my boys who it is. I'm going to find these people that, you know, they don't know me. I don't know them. Until, like I said, until they show up to the house. So maybe I'm good because they don't know me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but the DM, the DM theory and I, and I, the DM theory doesn't doesn't fly because you, if, if you anybody has knows that when you go to someone's DM, they, they know who you are. Exactly. But exactly. anyway, I, yeah, yeah, I'll leave exactly. that alone. I'll leave that alone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't do with the IG. Well, you know, you know me. I'm not on the Instagram. <laughs> and th- let me just pose a quick question for y'all. Let me just pose a quick question. What is the point of the Instagram model? Oh, I'm not touching that. Yeah, that's a hot. That's yeah. a hot subject. Yeah. But when it lead you down this path as a young man, just think about it. Just think about yeah. it. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Bad. We 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 got to pick a time where we need to touch on these things. Yeah. 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 Not on this show, but we need to do it as a community. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, those were two good subjects. I'm glad we spent the time on that. That took up a lot of our other time to talk about some other things. Just real quick in the NBA, everybody saw the uh, King James, LeBron, got injured with a high ankle sprain. So he's going to be out, who knows, two to four weeks. So the Lakers could be in trouble. Possible rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball falls. Breaks his wrist. He had surgery yesterday. He's going to be out. They're saying he could be out maybe as little as four Mm. weeks and maybe to get back by before the end of the season for the playoffs if Charlotte makes it. And then your boy Kyrie. We already know. he was. Everybody has personal problems, so I I hope his family's situation is worked out. But Kyrie's taking another – three days, at least three days away from the team. 
Oh, 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 just stay off of IG, Kyrie. Yeah, for real. Don't call for any massages. Wow. That's them NBA guarantee contracts. This is what you get. Okay. Yeah, he's so, so stay tuned. Stay mm, tuned. Mm, mm. Well, here I told him the coach. He said he was the coach before Steve yeah. Nash even got there. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. So it, mm. it, it, mm. it it's a shame. So we we will follow the NBA as it kicks on. Um, all right, we we got some great post takes this evening. So I want to give us some time before we get ready to get out of here, Professor. You ready for your takes? Because I'm after reading these, I'm looking forward to hearing them. Yeah, man, we we got to kind of change the mood right here. <laughs> All right. Good evening, everybody. Let's go ahead and shift into the post takes for this evening. Here's uh, one of my last final salutes for Women's History Month to the greatest women in sports writing and broadcasting. We're going to start out with none other than Robin Roberts, former Sports Center anchor and Good Morning America aficionado. Then we have L. Duncan, Sports Center anchor. We got Lindsay Zarniak, local girl, Sports Center anchor. She started here with George Michael and the Sports Machine before he passed away some years back. Then we got Rachel Nichols from the NBA and the Jump. She does a great job anchoring that show, keeping the men in line. Then we got one of my favorites, Jamel Hill, former Sports Center anchor and writer for The Atlantic. Now she is a certified mouthpiece. She will let you know exactly what's on her mind. And I love that about her. Got her put out of ESPN because they didn't want all that militancy. But the things that she brought attention to were greatly needed. So thank you to her. Then we have Britt McHenry. She's a great follower on social media. Oh, yeah, she is. If you can handle the language, but she is. Britt McHenry, former Sports Center anchor, Fox Sports and news anchor and reporter. Then we got Erin Jones, former correspondent for ESPN's College Game Day. Now she's uh, with Fox NFL sideline correspondents. Then we have Michelle Beadle, ESPN Get Up correspondent and reporter for ESPN2 and Sports Nations. And then last but certainly not least, Molly Karam Rose, wife of Jalen Rose, ESPN First Take moderator and anchor. We salute these nine women for all the great things that they have contributed and that they continue to do in the world of sports that we love so much. And now on to some somber news. We have the death of a legend. Elgin Baylor, six feet, five inches tall, was an All-American in 1958 at Seattle University, where he played from 1955 to 1958 got in the team to the National Collegiate Athletic Association Championship Tournament Finals in 1958. He was selected with the first overall pick of the 1958 NBA draft by the Memphis Lakers. You hear that sense? Which relocated to Los Angeles in 1960 and earned Rookie of the Year honors in his initial season with the Lakers. During his 14-year career, he averaged 27.4 points per game and 38 with a 38.2 average in 1961 and 62. That's crazy. A feat made even more impressive by the fact that as a U.S. Army reservist, Baylor played 
only on weekends and did not practice with the Lakers that season. Can you imagine averaging over 38 points and you don't even practice with your team? His 71 points in 1960 mm. game was an NBA record until it was broken by Wilt the Stilts 100 in 1962. Baylor set the single game scoring record for the NBA finals when he tallied 61 points against the Boston Celtics in game five of the 1962 finals. Though he played with some of the finest players in Laker franchise history, including Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Gail Goodrich, he never won an NBA championship. He was named to the All-NBA First Team 10 times, and he retired as the NBA's third leading all-time rebounder with a career total of 11,463. Baylor was elected to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1976 and was named one of the NBA's 50 greatest players of all time in 1996. After his playing career ended, Baylor coached the New Orleans Jazz from 1974 to 79. In 1986, he was named vice president of the basketball operations for the Los Angeles Clippers. He is truly a legend that we'll all miss. Rest in power, Mr. Elgin Baylor. God bless you. Yeah, it's sad to see uh, a lot of our heroes and uh, men that paved the way for others to be able to play the game and enjoy the game. We've lost so many, it seems like, in the past year. It's just a shame. I was watching earlier uh, today um, the NBA jump, and Vince Carter was on it. And Vince Carter was talking, and he wanted to make it clear that Elgin Baylor was the godfather to the above the rim game. He was doing it before Dr. J was doing it. Dr. Mm -hmm. J gave Baylor credit for showing him a different way to play. Because before that, everything was on the floor, bounce passes, set shots, and Elgin took it up and started dunking and things of that sort. So uh, rest in peace, Elgin, uh, a great man who never got the credit. Plus the fact that he was the general manager for the LA Clippers for two decades dealing with what he had to deal with. And I just leave it at that. A couple of things that caught caught our attention this week. Unfortunately, the Tokyo Olympics announced and made it official that they will not allow fans from outside of Japan to attend the 2021 Summer Olympics due to the COVID pandemic. They're too concerned about spreading the virus in their country. So you'll have to, if you if you like me, enjoy the Olympics. We'll have to watch it on TV and hope that all the athletes are going to be able to get there safely, come home safely, and not have any problems. For you uh, mixed martial arts fans, you got UFC 260 this Saturday. Heavyweight Stipe Miocic will fight Francis Ngannou, and the co-main features, Tyrone Willie against Vincent Luque, and my man Sugar Sean O'Malley faces Thomas Almeida, versus Thomas Almeida. So should be a good card. Our man continues to do it. For you race car fans, and it may just be me, F1 starts this weekend, and our man Lewis Hamilton uh, looks to go for his eighth season title. Mm -hmm. So got to love it when we see people that don't look like the rest of them doing great things and making them mad every time he does them. So got to back 
Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton, but he says this year it's going to be tough against Red Bull. NASCAR returns to the dirt track this weekend. It's going to be the first time, I think they said, in over 20 years that an official NASCAR race will be on a dirt track. They're doing it at the Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend. So that should be cool just to watch. And um, something we got to point out, and it goes great with our conversation today, Oregon State President F. King Alexander has submitted his resignation uh, over his handling of the Les Miles fiasco. He was the president at LSU when that whole Les Miles thing went down, when they knew what was going on and basically told the coach of the team he couldn't be in the room by himself with female students. But yet he was able to get another job as a president of another school and then there's also thing allegations that he didn't handle um, complaints that volleyball players had made about them having problems with sexual misconduct from students and other male athletes. So it's just a shame. Man, do right. Yeah, Think of them if they were your daughter, if that was your sister, mother. And do the right thing. Stop covering up for these dirtbags. I'm sorry. Just burns mm-hmm. me up. Just burns mm-hmm. me up. Um, and for all y'all who said we missed a couple of people out there, uh, Hannah Storm, Linda Cole, Sage Steele. I, I, I like Joy Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we like a, a lot bunch, of people. There's a bunch of great women out there that are doing sports things. We got Yo and Mika from Ladies' Point of View. So just realize Women are the largest growing segment of sports fans in this world. They enjoy it just as much as we do. Treat them like equals. Don't treat them like they don't understand because a lot of times they probably can give you a lesson or two. Uh-huh. So I'll leave it at that. You know, yeah, and if you criticize the post takes, you might find yourself on it. <laughs> I'm just saying, fair warning. <laughs> On that point, that is a great time for us to have our final post of the evening. Uh, let's start out with J3. You've been quiet this evening, my brother. I mean, I just want to give a shout out to to one of the ladies that actually uh, helped us launch this show, Miss Angela Marshall. I want to give her a special uh, shout out because if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be here. So I just want to give her that shout out real quick. Amen. Amen. Hi, Angela. <laughs> hey, hey, Michelle, we appreciate you. All right, Ed, it's on you, brother. Thanks to our esteemed guests. I'm glad you showed up and, and offered some great insight that I could never, ever say. <laughs> I want everybody to remain safe as usual. We're still in the, in, in, in the midst of, a, of a, a global pandemic. And um, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Professor, on you, my brother. Yes, I just would like to thank the ladies, POV, once again for joining us. I, I love these types of conversations. As a father of of two young ladies, I love having these types of conversations because it moves the needle in the direction that we actually need for it to go. 
And as a sports lover, as a person that partakes in sports, I really like to shed light on what the young ladies, girls and women are doing in the world of sports. Because like we say, fellas, if we don't do it, who will? So thank you for all y'all watching. Thank you for spreading the love for the show. And we will continue to make you guys proud. All right, ladies, you're up. Well, I just want to say thank y'all again mm -hmm. for inviting us. Um, you know, I love talking sports always and, um, you know, showing showing the men up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, same to me. I, I appreciate you guys having us on. Um, I, you know, me, I, I could talk all day about anything y'all put out there. It's it's great. Um, I'm glad to give our insight. Again, you know, me and Tamika, we love to give it from a lady's point of view. Um, a lot of times um, it's not always the popular opinion, but we love to give it. You know, so anytime you guys will have us on, we, we'd love to come. And, um, you know, everybody stay safe out there. You know, Tamika, I always say, you know, watch something good. There's plenty of good stuff to watch on TV these days. So watch something great. Well, again, we appreciate you ladies coming on. It's been a while, far too long. And you, as I said before the show, you ladies have an open invitation. You just let us know when you have the time availability and we'll make room for you anytime. Thank you. And if you want to catch another great sports talk podcast, check out Ladies Point of View at your favorite podcast area. They, they they really get into it, especially football. Especially football. <laughs> they get into it. So got love this show. Love this mm -hmm. show. Secondly, I want to inform everybody that the post crew will be doing a special show this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. We're gonna have a discussion on mental health and COVID. I'm gonna let you know it's not gonna be sports related at all. We've got some medical professionals coming on who's going to talk specifically about uh, mental health. Uh, we have a clinical psychologist coming. We also have a, a, a friend of ours who's in the healthcare field, who's actually been working through this COVID pandemic situation, who's been vaccinated. So she's going to talk a little bit about her experience in the vaccines. But we just thought as a group, yeah, we talk sports and we, I can talk sports every day, every day. But we'd like to put out there some information for the community, especially our community, about what to look forward to as we all continue to deal with this pandemic. So if you have time, please tune in. Again, it's this Thursday, 7 p.m., post-special. We'll put the information on our social media pages. And if you can't listen to it live, please check it out. It's a very important show. Uh, J3, I'd like to thank you for the idea uh, we, we definitely need to do things like this. And even though there's plenty of sports to talk about, we're still in the real world. So we'll leave it at that. Look forward to seeing you Thursday. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Again, we're here each and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Sometimes we have great guests like the ladies' point of view. Sometimes it's just us fellas. But we're going to be here. We're going to give it to you straight the way we feel it and the way we see it in sports. 
You can check us out. You can check out our YouTube channel, Positional Sports Talk Show. You can check us out on Facebook at Positions on Sports. You can check us, hit us on Twitter at Positions on SPO1. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate all of you following us. And if you have any questions, any ideas, shoot us a message. We're glad to hear from you. We'll see you this Thursday at 7 p.m. And then we'll see you next Tuesday at 7 p.m. This has been Positional Sports Talk Show. Greatly appreciate you. Have a great evening. Be safe. Peace. See you. You ladies are all